1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome, to afternoon drive. Goodman Mason watches smilehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Mace, how are you, my friend? Doing all right. How are you? How's everything at the Combine?
2: Everything at the Combine is going well. Actually, what's the temperature out there today? It's nice. It's in the sixties. Yeah, it's in the upper sixties here, too. Oh, that's I've great.
1: Never... I'm thrilled for you
2: you are inside. What does it matter? Well, mostly inside, but actually I'm act, I I'm actually staying uh just fa- just far enough away from the convention center to where I do walk outside. I'm not taking all the uh, uh the, the catwalks and all that. So I actually ha- I actually am outside and you know what? It's delightful. It's
1: I hate, delightful. I hate to sound like a father. How yeah. late were you up last night?
2: Uh, I'm pleading the fifth on that one
1: You don't, have to, not, you don't I, have to plead the fifth Just how late were you up what, 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 like, so, like somebody's going to fire you over this How late no, were you up last I, night What's
2: the big deal No, I'll leave that to the theater of the, uh, of the, the mind For uh, our listeners and viewers Want to know why I'm asking Why You sound sick
1: <laughs> Your nose is all congested You sound no, like you, It sounds like you had a bender last night Or you got a serious cold I figured it was one of the two. That's why I started with how late were you up yeah. last night, and clearly you told me you were on a drinking bender last night, and don't tell me you weren't because I know you weren't on an ahi tuna bender like you were the night before.
2: Okay. Um, well, I don't have a cold. I know you and don't. Can, so how late were you up you, last night? And I can tell you that I was, uh, uh-huh. I was yeah. snug mm-hmm. in my bed at 3.30 in the morning. That's what I figured.
1: And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You're an adult. You could do whatever you want to. I'm just but glad thing, you showed up
2: for the show. But the thing about it is I was up at uh seven. Right. That's responsible. Matt Corral was talking at eight o'clock. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> what and you know what? It, it, what time did the bars close there? About four?
2: Yeah, there uh-huh. there's one in particular that yeah. is a, kind of the hub called of com of of everything combine called Prime forty seven. Right. And that place was oh, that that is open till 4 a.m. And it is. And as a result of that, that has become it's basically a, uh, a who's who of, around the NFL mm-hmm. is in there. And, you know, and I would say it's the strange thing is because everyone's just uh, having a couple of drinks and conversation. Right. It's actually it's actually quite egalitarian in all the in, in the end. Some, you know, big wigs uh, uh, mingle with you know, small potatoes, people like myself, basically. And it's, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. How old are you again? Uh, 45,
1: 45. Okay. Yeah. Let me put something in perspective. When all of us okay. were in our twenties, we stay up till three 30 in the morning and we get yeah. up at seven. We sound just fine. You know where yes. you had drinks last night, not in your prime 44. Or oh, 45. Oh, i not for the
2: lead. 47. <laughs> no, I, no, I
0: understand. Not the your lead prime 45. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk.
1: All right, Broncos GM George Payton spent some time today at the NFL Combine T- talking to Mike Florio from footballtalk.com. Florio asked Payton, on a scale of 1 to 10, how big of a priority is the quarterback position?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be a 10 for every team that doesn't have that guy, that franchise guy. You know, we like Drew Locke. Uh, we like what Teddy did last year, but we're always looking, you know, and, and uh, so I think it's a 10. You know, you, it's, you know we, everyone needs that type of
1: quarterback to get to where they need to go, and, and we're no different. How would you
2: feel if you were Drew Locke hearing this? Uh, he, you might feel bad, but at the same time, you had the opportunity to change that.
1: Don't buy milk, go to the post office, get a change of address card. I mean, seriously. Uh, Peyton has been very positive about Locke. Hackett has been very positive about Locke. And you have to say things publicly. I'm not suggesting they dislike Locke as a quarterback. They dislike Locke as a person. But, man, that's as strong of a statement as you're going to get. We need to find our franchise quarterback. Teddy, thank you for everything. You're not it. Drew, we still have to pay you for another year, but you're not it.
2: Right. And yesterday when, uh, when Drew Locke came up, when his name came up at the press conference, the first comment that George Payton had immediately was saying, well, Drew's under contract. Right. Not a compliment, just saying Drew's under contract. No. Yeah.
1: You know that, you, know, you know can spin that in a negative way? We <laughs> yeah. got to pay this guy for another year. Because <laughs> if he wasn't under contract, I don't think he'd be back
2: right and save your money that, young drew yeah.
1: save your money
2: yeah and the the other thing also is uh he, he's under contract and it's it's a it's a tacit acknowledgement that he does not possess a lot of a, a lot of market value in fact the market value he possesses is can best be described as negligible i mean if they tra- if they traded him tomorrow i think they would consider themselves fortunate to get a sixth round pick
1: that sounds about right. What is the buzz? There's no buzz about Drew Locke out there, but when everybody's getting hammered at prime 47, or is in your case, not in your prime 45, what are people saying about Locke? Because I'm sure the conversation comes up.
2: Uh, the funny thing is, it doesn't, Drew Locke doesn't come up all that often.
1: No, no, I know. But, yeah. but, but is the Broncos are looking for a franchise quarterback, yeah. maybe right. somebody will make the comment, do you think Locke could ever be that guy?
2: Yeah, and generally speaking, the thought the thought is that if if he were back, it would basic it would basically mean if he were starting, it would basically mean that a bunch of other options didn't come to fruition, and it was all right. Let's let's just let's see what he's got. Plans A, B, C, maybe even as much as D and E did, didn't pan out. And you're left with you're left with saying, "Well, let's uh, let's give it let's give him the year to to find out if he can be any different." But in general, the the general thought on Drew Locke is that uh, he makes a perfectly functional backup quarterback at this point. Here's the deal,
1: minus the religious aspect. I'm hearing some of the same narratives about Locke that I used to hear about Tebow, minus the religious narratives. He's with the wrong offensive coordinator. His wide receivers are dropping passes. He's not getting a fair shot. He should have been given the opportunity to start more games. He, He has something about him that, you can see at times, is really good. And what I mean by comparing both of them, with Tebow, it was the two-minute drill, and with Locke, every once in a while, he will wow you with a pass. But I talked to a friend of mine today, and he is a self-proclaimed Locke apologist. And I had to say to him, the problem with Drew Locke is not his arm. He's a good kid, but his processor just isn't fast enough. If we're being completely honest here, give me one physical trait that Peyton Manning has over Drew Locke. One, is he faster? No. Stronger? No. More mobile? No. Stronger arm? No. Processor is a completely underrated measurable that Mm -hmm. you can't measure with a three-cone drill, high jump, 40-yard dash, or at the combine, passing to a wide receiver with no pass rush or a cornerback covering your wideout.
2: Right. And when Nathaniel Hackett goes through his characteristics of quarterbacks, what he wants to see, and he mentions intelligence, toughness, accuracy, processor falls under intelligence. No question. Football IQ, football, IQ, football intelligence. Look, you could be you could be in possession of genius level intellect in terms of book smarts. And if you don't have the processor working quickly when you're out there under duress, then you don't have the football IQ. Right. 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 And. And, and that's where and that's where Locke struggles. I mean, if you could look, we kind of said this sometimes last season. If you could have taken Teddy Bridgewater's football IQ and put it into Drew Locke, you would have had a hell of a quarterback. You couldn't do that.
1: I, I, I'm not trying to make an apples to apples, but I'm going to make a really weak effort to do it. For those that know the game of chess, Russian chess master Gary Kasparov is considered one of the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. Give that guy great physical tools like a Drew Locke, and I'm not so sure he'd be a great quarterback because in the game of chess that I used to play at a very high level, okay, Mm -hmm. it's a slow-thinking, methodical game. You may be brilliant, a great tactician, but as a quarterback, you got to process in about two and a half seconds, and that's a skill as well that is not part of the measurables checklist.
2: Mhm. That's very that's very true. And, and and that's look, that's part of the mystery here of quarterback evaluation year after year. And what most quarterbacks do in college is not enough schematically in terms of cerebral demands to determine whether they're going to be able to handle it at the next level. That's why, historically, they've put quarterbacks up at the whiteboard because it's it, you're you're testing like how quickly they think, right? It's, totally it, different it's how, game though,
1: right. The, the, the but, classroom and virtual right. reality it, it's are totally very different, different than the game it, when somebody wants to yeah. rip your head off.
2: Right. It's to, it's totally it's totally different. But you are trying to provide – that is a way of kind of providing some kind of test to demonstrate, okay, can you quickly ingest information and then apply it in in some way? uh, Unfortunately – that's not something it's not something you can completely replicate you have to kind of go on you have to go on the film at the college level and even when there's a lot of first read stuff you have to you have to say okay how quickly are they making the decisions how quickly are they making the right decisions and and look if you if you're looking at this year's quarterback class despite the hand size one reason why Kenny Pickett's probably going to go early is because he appears to possess the quickest processor of these guys coming out of college coming up after can, and, go ahead does make quick decisions
1: coming up after the break we're going to talk to a former major league baseball player a guy who tolerates me every once in a while he will occasionally pick <laughs> up the phone mark knutson former major league baseball player he's going to come on the show next to talk about the current lockout going on right now and he's going to give both sides not just the player side but both sides of the story that's next for i said, I for- Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us, MileHighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has grown to make it a 12-person team to work on your next project, whether you're buying, selling, or leasing. She thinks out of the box through creative and dynamic real estate services. She is not someone who does cookie-cutter real estate deals. She wants to make sure that you as the client get what you want, and her brokers are ranked in the top 10 in the Denver metro area. So whether you're looking to buy, sell, or lease on the business side, go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now the buzz
0: the buzz is presented by mighty plumbing and heating why does mighty plumbing and heating have over 600 five-star reviews no one has better service and they will meet or beat any written offer go to mightyph.com all right, let's go out to the
1: hotline to bring in our friend Mark Knutson, longtime Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh pitched for the Astros, the Brewers, and the Rockies, and he had twenty four major league wins more than I did. How are you, Mark? I also had a lot more losses than you did, so there's that. 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 That's true. But listen, you were more of a relief guy, so you should not uh, be expected a little,
3: bit, little of everything. Little, little of everything. Of everything. Jack of all trades, master
1: of none. I'll, I'll tell you where we are even. You know where you and I are even when it comes to baseball? What's that? What's that? I, never played, I never played a Dane Major League Baseball, and our batting average is the same.
3: Yeah, home runs. Yeah, home runs. Yeah, that would be good. How about hits? How about hits? I, I did not have a Major League hit. I, I know. I, I, I was second on my team in sacrifice bunts one year. We the, used to bunts. Well, We used to bunt. But i played most of my years in the American League, so I didn't get too many bad bats Like, I don't know, half a dozen, two dozen, something like that.
1: As long as I've known you, you've always been a very giving guy, and that's why you were always willing to sacrifice yourself to move the runner to second base. Let's talk about the lockout going on right now. Listen, you've done a lot of talk radio. Of course, we have to assign blame to somebody, don't we? With that, one, well, yeah. one reason why I wanted to have you on the show was people are going to think, well, Mark's a former player, and he's going to give the player side. I like that you're going to give it balance. So with that, well, le- let's start with yeah. this. Let's start with this. 100% give a percentage of owners the blame and the players the blame. 85% owners to blame. 85%. Why? And
3: the reason, because of this. Now, here's where I'll, I'll, I'll give the owners benefit of the doubt. Back in 1984, 19, whatever, mid-'80s, the owners were found guilty of collusion. They got together illegally and artificially hold down salaries. They were found guilty in court, and they had to pay damages. Um, they, had, they really decided they just wanted to unilaterally hold down. They, since they weren't going to get a salary cap. They just wanted to hold down salaries. This time around, they have, you can't call it collusion. What they're doing with the older players, with the 30-plus-year-old players, is saying, look, the data – Backs us up that these guys' prog- uh, production drops off after age thirty. That is now data driven, so they can justify going back and saying we're not going to give thirty. 30- we're not going to be more Albert Pujols contracts. Thirty-year-old guys getting these eight, ten-year contracts when we know their production is going to drop off, and we're not going to get our money's worth. So I, I give them credit for that, and to honestly, I think the players have as well, giving them credit for that. I said, okay, you're right. You have data that backs that up. That's, we shouldn't be paying guys past their prime money as if they were still in their prime. That I will give the owners full acknowledgement of and full credit for. However, if there's going to be a give, a, a give by the players at that point, then the players should get to take. And the take should be, okay, the Fernando Tattu of the world should get those kind of contracts now, right? These young guys shouldn't have to wait four, five, six years to get paid when they're outperforming minimum salary requirements early on in their careers. And I think that's where the rub is right now, whether they call it... Uh, threshold taxes, you know, uh, super twos, uh, uh, arbit- you know, eligibility arbitration, free agency, all those things are all related to the idea of letting the younger guys get paid earlier in their careers. And I think, and the owners don't want to do that either, which is a major problem that's overseen we're, what we're right
2: now. Mark, do you think uh, all 30 owners are united, or are there uh, a cluster of owners who would rather this thing have been settled, if not yesterday, than a while? Earlier, And then maybe you've got, say, hypothetically smaller market owners holding this thing back.
3: That's an interesting point because that was a big issue when I was playing. The big market owners, it was almost like when, as players, we were negotiating with two separate entities. It was almost like a three-part negotiation where you had the Steinbrenners and the, the big owners were wanting one thing and the small market owners were wanting something else. They couldn't get their act together. And our team of lawyers, led by Don Fear and Gene Orza, would take them apart. In, in negotiations, we, they, we, we easily won all those negotiations and, and had a really good feel for the players. And ironically, at that point in time, there really were owners that could say, we're not making money. There really were owners that were not doing well financially. But the big market owners were doing so well that they overwhelmed the small market owners back in, that, back in those days. Um, and that's when Bud Sealy came into the mix, who was a small market owner, but had the ear of the big market owners, the Jerry Reinsdorfs and those people and blah, blah, blah. So... I think back then there was that claim right now that for Rob Manfred to stand up there and say the last five years have been hard for the industry is a lot of nonsense. He has no right to lie like that on on national television. So everyone, you, me, everyone, all of us lost money in 2020. We all got hurt by that. Okay. Aside from that, baseball's doing quite well. And for him to to say that and for Dick Montfort to say that, for Dick Montfort to come into the negotiating table and say, well, you know, a lot of teams aren't making money. We can do better in the stock market than we do own a team. It's utter nonsense and also provable by data. It's been proven that's false. And yet they, you know, they don't want to do it. They don't want to back off of that stance. And also, they don't want to open their books. They don't want to prove it. They don't want to show anybody. Just take our word for it. We're not making very much money doing this. We're suffering. The game's suffering. And everybody knows that's not true.
1: We are talking with Mark Knutson, longtime Major League Baseball player. He pitched for the Rockies in 1993. I'm going to ask you a two-part question. And for you, my man, this is absolutely a layup. One is the Commissioner Rob Manfred bad for baseball, and number two, did he pick the wrong guy in Dick Monfort to lead the owners into this fight?
3: Well, I'm not sure who picked who. Remember, the Commissioner works for the players. I understand that. I work for the excuse me, work for the owners. Now, Dick Monford and Rob Manford are close. By all accounts, everything I've been told by multiple sources, Dick, Rob Manford looks at Dick Monford as the model owner. And everybody wants – because the product on the field doesn't really matter. It's the successful business model. You can put any – I mean, the Rockies can put a 100-loss team on the field. They're still going to be profitable. That's the model for these owners. And that's what bothers the players is that the, there's no incentive for the owners to try to win financially. There's no financial incentive for them to try to win. And that's that's a big sticking point for the players. Um, so yes, Rob Manfred's bad for baseball, but again, he's not going to be fired. We've had this discussion about Roger Goodell. When, right, when things were going bad with the NFL, everybody wants to blame Roger Goodell. He's a mouthpiece. He does what he's told. He follows the marching orders of the other owners, of the owners, and, and Manfred's doing that as well. The problem with Rob Manfred is he, he, he so obviously doesn't care about baseball. It's just obvious. He's up there pretending to swing a golf club, and he's saying things like the, the trophy is a piece of metal, and he wishes he didn't have to waste time going to the Hall of Fame weekend. And he doesn't, I don't think the man likes baseball. He's a self-described transactional attorney. That's how he describes himself. I'm a transactional attorney. What the, what the owners did after Bud Sealy stepped aside is they went out and lawyered up and they got themselves a lawyer to run things, and that's where we've seen lawyers have gotten them.
2: Do you think, like, with uh, this ma- mindset from Manfred and putting Dick Bonford in charge, is this, were they viewing this for a while as an opportunity to, finally, to in their mind, finally break the, the union?
3: I think that's part of it. Break might be a harsh word, but they were trying to find ways to get around things and get their way. They're not going to get a salary cap in name, but they can find other ways to create the same... Situation, uh, hold down salaries artificially, you know, with, with service time manipulation. When they don't call guys up or they send, the, send guys down so they won't qualify, lose a year of arbitration, they're finding ways to hold down salaries. So, yeah, I mean, if that's breaking the union, I don't know. But they've, they've won the last several negotiations. They, the owners keep getting more and more and more in the last several, several right. negotiations. I think the players probably went into this one, they asked for the moon and the stars, knowing they weren't going to get it, thinking they're going to get some things back. You know, incrementally, trying to make some progress back, but the owners don't want to give an inch. And that's why we created this impact. To be honest, guys, that, remember how this ended in 1995? It ended up in court, and it's probably going to end up in court again. I, that's where I see – I'm just guessing, but that's where I see this going. Some The courts are going to have to get involved with in settlements.
1: I know that you don't have a crystal ball, but if you do, I would like you to tell me on who to bet on tonight in the NBA and NHL. It's it's, got
3: lots of cracks
1: in it. Right. I I figured it would. Uh, With that, um, how far do you think this could go knowing both sides are dug in? Now, listen, when it comes to negotiations, we always say that both sides are dug in. But do you think this could spill into June, July, honestly?
3: No, I think it'll go into when Fox and ESPN decide that these games need to be televised because right now they don't. Maple, they don't have any national TV games, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe they have Sunday night baseball. I, I don't remember. But um, when when Disney and Fox say, "Hey, wait a minute, you're you're robbing us of primetime programs," there's no NBA anymore. There's no, you know, there's no now NHL or whatever. The combine's over, so I can see the spilling. I can see a start time in June. I can see a lo- easily a loss of one or maybe two months of games. The owners feel like they can make that up. Now, the owners, again, want this ridiculous 14 team playoff. 14 teams, half of baseball should make the playoffs. What teams with sub 500 records will make the playoffs. After 162 games, you should know who should be in the playoffs and who shouldn't. And it's not teams that are 500 teams. And yet, that's where we're headed with this, or if the owners get their way, which drives the players crazy because, again, that removes the financial incentive to spend on contracts and try to put a winning team on the field. So when, I think the owners, when they start losing significant sponsor and um, sp- uh, attendance dollars. That's when this gets done. But they lo- they, fought, they, listened, they saw a lot in the COVID year, they, could, they lost a lot of money during the COVID year, but they still handed out a World Series trophy at the end of the year, whether we think it's legit or not, they handed hand it out. And so a shortened season maybe isn't as big a deal as it would have been before COVID.
1: All right, uh, real, re- real right. quick, because we, we need to run. Uh, tell us about your podcast and all the writing that you do.
3: So I have a podcast call on the Believe Network called uh, the Rock, Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast that's it, it, going up tonight. New one will up tonight. I have another po- podcast about college sports with Carl Benson, the former commissioner of the WAC and the Sun Belt Conference. That hopefully goes up early, later in the week. Uh, and then lots of writing, Three Strikes Blog on MileHighSports.com, dot com, dot So lots of stuff at lots of places to skew my opinions. But um, I'm I'm going to give up on the predicting business because i thought this would be done by now i thought that the sports wagering and all that that all the sponsor money that was coming into mlb would prevent this from getting to this point and i was dead wrong about that
1: mark always appreciate your time i know your baseball practice just make sure you don't teach kids anything about hitting
3: no, all I know about hitting is it didn't look very difficult. <laughs> Actually, I've got Bob Bodie doing my hitting right now. David Bodie's dad is my one of my assistant coaches, and he's, you can hear him marking mark in the background at the hitters. I stay out of, I stay out of his way. <laughs> man, coach for forty three years, won six state championships. I know when to stay out of the way.
1: Well, that's six more championships than I've won. Thanks, and, and thanks. me. Yep, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks. All right, coming up after the break, a lot of people think, hey, Peyton Manning he might be in the running. He might want to be part of a group to buy the Denver Broncos. Not so fast. He just put a couple of big things on his plate that might not allow him to do work with the Broncos if he's part of a team. We'll tell you what he's doing now because he's always doing something. He's like Kramer, like Kenny Rogers' roasted chicken. He's always doing something. We'll tell you what Manning is doing now, and are you interested in watching what he's doing? That's next.
4: Slippin' and slidin' All along the waterfall with you a girl.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at MileHighSports.com. You can reach us Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale alum to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to congratulate George Payton and the Denver Broncos. They were awarded today the best draft award for this past season at the 13th annual Inside the League Combine Seminar. This is a vote comprised of NFL scouts and executives. Broncos got 31% of the vote. So what does that mean? People around the league think the Broncos had the best draft. Of anybody last year in George Payton's first year,
2: yeah, impressive. I think also some of that is a reflection of the respect that George Payton has around the league. Certainly, we knew about that when the Broncos hired him in January of twenty twenty one. How well respected he was, but uh, also reflects uh, not only uh, not only the quality of the draft, but the depth of the draft. The fact the, the fact that you were finding contributors in the fifth round and right. the seventh round when you had Caden Stearns, who barring Barring an unexpected development, Caden Stearns is going to be a starter right. as a fifth-round pick in his second year, and Jonathan Cooper is very much in the mix for uh, a potential uh, uh, solid role as an edge rusher once again in his second year as a as a Miners round is pick. Miners is going to
1: start too, probably.
2: Miners is going to start. Baron Browning, uh, the other third-round pick, is going is going to start in all likelihood this year because uh, one of the things that uh, that it was discussed here and is buzzing is that the Broncos with three free agents and inside linebacker, they're probably only going to bring one back. And the bet, and the bet is that it'll probably be Josie Jewell that they bring back because they feel like Baron Browning can start.
1: Time now for what's trending.
2: What's trending is presented by impact. Real estate
0: impact. Real estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. Last week, we talked about Tom
1: Brady and his production company putting together a Hollywood movie, and the, the people that he has brought on as his actresses and actors looks to be an impressive list. Jane Fonda is one of those people. Lily Tomlin is one of those people. Uh, what's her name? From uh, Sally Field. We're I mean, talking Oscar winners are part of this movie, and the person that he partnered with, uh, by the way, has won Oscars for her productions of movies. With that, Peyton Manning is trying to play a little bit of catch-up, although you can make the case he might have the lead on Manning any or on Brady anyway because of Omaha Productions. You watch his production on ESPN2 during Monday Night Football, and now he has teamed up with the History Channel to be the executive producer of history's greatest of all time with Peyton Manning, so basically Peyton Manning talking about goats in pretty much every field you can imagine, and then he's going to be doing a kid show, a kid show called the Einstein Challenge. You watching these shows?
2: Well, he's, he's going to be the host too. Yeah, I would say this on the uh, on the kids game show. I will probably end up watching it because I think my daughter will be watching it. Right. Right. And uh, and I would and I would I would watch this show on the history channel that he's that he's going to do. Yeah. But history is great. Uh, he's you know what the thing that about the thing about it is, is Peyton and it, part of his natural Peyton Manning has a very good personality for being on camera and doing this sort of thing. Right. He has that naturally.
1: And by the way, did I say it was a game show? It's not a game show. It's basically it's a countdown show. Things- no,
2: the, the Einstein challenge is a game
1: show. Right. But the other yeah. one, the GOATs. Right. It, okay. The, the, that, the network ordered eight one hour episodes. Honestly, whether Manning's hosting it or not, I would find it to be fascinating yeah. from generals to inventors, a whole bunch of different categories. I like I was a history minor in college. I yeah. love that stuff, whether Manning was hosting it or not. So I do find that fascinating. So now you have Rogers. Aaron Rodgers wants to host Jeopardy. Manning has already hosted a game show. And now he's hosting another one, the Einstein Challenge. Which host would you rather watch? Because I know you said to me on the air, I think it was at least a couple of days ago, you thought Rogers did a fantastic job on Jeopardy.
2: I think, yeah, for the gameplay itself. I mean, as a host, I think Peyton Manning is more congenial. I think it's he, he has the, the very natural ability to, you know, to be affable on camera. I think for Jeopardy specifically, Rodgers kind of runs the game very well. But Peyton Manning has a better personality. I think Peyton Manning is a better host of this sort of thing than Aaron Rodgers would be. You
1: know, it's interesting. The word that you just used, affable. Yeah. With Aaron Rodgers, I'll take that word. I'll take the first letter and take the last two, L-E, and that's what Aaron Rodgers is. With that... Manning might want to be part of an ownership group with the Broncos. So he's hosting a game show. He's doing something else on History Channel. We know with Omaha Productions, he does his thing on Monday Night Football. Do you think he's gonna have time to run a team?
2: No. And I and I, I don't think this means Peyton Manning won't run a team someday. I think and and, and you you and know, I've discussed this, sort of the next step for his production company is stuff that he is not on camera with and that and having that end up making money. I, I think the, the moment for Peyton Manning to be an owner, first of all, I don't think he wants to be a minority shareholder on someone else's team.
1: Well, they better do some more Caesars uh, commercials with the rest of the
2: family. I think he wants to be the majority owner. And because of that, I think, I think part of what he's trying to accomplish uh, with Omaha is building up a business that is successful and valuable to a point where he would someday have the equity, whether it was all on his own or putting together or or as part of as part of a group. But he's the the point person Mm -hmm. kind of like uh, basically Peyton Manning's trying to do what Byron Allen is attempting to do right now. right? But 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 Byron Allen had a two-and-a-half-decade head start right. in getting there. And Peyton is, he's certainly more than ramped up. He is well past the starting line. He's on his way. But he is not at a point where you're talking about his net worth being something, wh- and his equity being something to where you say, yeah, he could come in and run the team that's that that that's that's kind of the difference and I think where Byron Allen is in position to make a bid for the Broncos Peyton Manning wants to get there but he's a way off, ways off and that's why I think the timing just may not line up right. for Peyton Manning to own the Broncos but to own an NFL team at some point I think that is very much in play and part of his thinking what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance just in case you missed it
4: Well, we know about the Broncos being up for sale. Another football team is uh, entering the ring as a potential option for people looking to own a sports franchise. How does that compete with attractiveness to the Denver Broncos? We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda, a no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, earlier in the show, told you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has grown to a 12-person team to make sure all your needs are taken care of, whether you are buying, whether you are leasing, or whether you are listing. With that, I want to bring in Heather. How are you, Heather?
5: I'm great. Thank you.
1: So you have an exciting new listing up in Central City, don't you? Tell me about it.
5: Yes, we have a casino for sale. It's Unfortunately, not in operation right now, but uh, it was last Scarlet's Casino, and uh, the city is looking for a new operator to open a casino there.
1: Now, it, it, you and I talked uh, about this earlier. I'm, when you told me that this casino was up for sale, I called a friend of mine who's a marketing director up in Blackhawk, and the general feeling in Blackhawk is the city council in Central City is not necessarily, not. it's not that they're not pro-gambling, but if all the casinos went away from what he told me, the city council would be fine with it. But the way you do business is, you're not one track, and this is the way we're going to get it done. You think out of the box. You're very creative. So what did you do to make sure that maybe this myth is not true?
5: Yeah, so we did talk with the council, and it seems that they are pro Uh, gaming. Uh, We did talk with them about kind of how long it would take for somebody to get their gaming license, which through a little research I found out could possibly be 18 months. Um, So, you know, talking to them about this whole process and how long it will take us to find that right person that's ready to get everything in place since it hasn't been operating, but it is a great location. It used to be the Bullwhackers Casino before they expanded, Mm -hmm. Uh, so the shell is great. There is a restaurant on the top floor with all the restaurant equipment ready to go, a grease trap, so it's kind of ready to go, but I do also think, you know, if someone comes with a great idea, maybe it's an event center or something like that, I do think we can help them make this building work for that as well, so we're open to ideas. I just know that maybe the easiest play, by the way it's built out currently, might be a casino.
1: I know the difference between residential and commercial. Commercial deals do take longer. Residential deals, especially in this market, things are flying off the market. Right now they are. Yeah. With 18 months, do you think a lot of commercial realtors would even be willing to wait that long?
5: no i mean that is something that we're devoted to is making sure that businesses survive and and they're successful so yeah it, it would be something that most firms would turn away but for us we like to see that end product and hopefully we make everybody happy in the end and make an impact on their business
1: so what you're basically saying is a lot of other companies aren't willing to be patient they want to make the fast buck they think there's way too much work where you look at something as an opportunity where somebody else would probably look at it and say, I'm not making money fast enough. Why don't you go find somebody else?
5: Yeah, definitely. And we always get to meet extra interesting people along the way. So maybe this deal doesn't work, but, you know, working on it so long, we get to meet so many people that hopefully we do more business in the end.
1: Excuse the joke, but what are the odds you sell it?
5: Oh, 100%. Come on.
1: That's what I'm talking (laughs) about, Heather. That's what I'm talking about. How do people get a hold of you?
5: Our number is 720-608-4201, and our website is impactcommercial.co.
1: Heather, you are awesome. And you know what? Maybe I'll make a few more phone calls. I'm going to call my buddy and say, you know what? The people in Central City, they are open to making sure this stays gaming. I'm going to let him know that. How's that sound?
5: That would be awesome. I'd love it.
1: Okay. See you, Heather. Have a great day.
5: Thank you too.
1: Bye bye. Bye. Time now for the final word. The
0: final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go
4: to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, English, English Premier League club Chelsea FC mm-hmm. is uh, up for sale. Current owner Roman Abramovich confirmed reports today that he is listening to offers on the team. So for American billionaires who are interested in owning a sports franchise. Does an EPL team compete with an NFL team in attractiveness for aspiring owners? ESPN sources say that the price tag on Chelsea FC would be about $2.24 billion.
1: Let me start by asking you this question, Mace. You grew up a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and you are a huge fan of Man City, right? Oh, did you hit the mute button again, Mace? No, no that was on me. How do I handle the two of you? You're like frickin' frack. I can't get the two. I can't get the two of you on the same page. So, Mace, you grew up loving the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. You love yeah. Man City. Which yeah. team would you rather own if the money was the same?
2: If the money was the same, yep, I would rather own the Premier League team, Man City really why it's not a, it's not a matter of of the heart here this is a matter of uh of potential income now yeah the nfl basically it prints money but you're talking about a global market for a soccer team versus what is still mainly a national market although uh, albeit a very lucrative one for an american football team the other thing is this in the nfl because of the salary Cap and how it's structured, uh, and and also the fact that revenues are split. There isn't that same kind of differential advantage if you're just a mega billionaire to pouring money into it. There's only so much you can do. Whereas, at a Premier League team, at Chelsea, for example, if you are if you're willing to make the in, in, investment, you're going to reap the rewards, both financial and in terms of trophies and there's nothing and there's no real limit on on what you you can do basically the only thing is you have to as long as you're bringing in the money you can spend it. it's what they call financial fair play and um and i i think if you if you were a billionaire i think the ceiling is actually a little bit is is higher with a, a quality premier league club like chelsea uh, than an NFL team. So I think I'd have to go with the soccer team.
1: Mace, you and I have talked about the importance of teases. So yeah. basically when a segment is over, you want to tease something so people will be interested enough to return for the next segment, right? Yes. Tell me why Danny's tease, going into Just In Case You Missed It, was so great.
2: Because it... I, I frankly, I think it played off as something everybody is thinking about, but did, but all, but yeah, do you, did you, you, know, you didn't really hear his tease. Did you? Well, I heard this is a talking, really easy answer. Yeah. To me, well, you know, he was talking about the Broncos being on the it's market. Because I lied. Something else could be, but something no, else know. could be in play as well.
1: Well, no, if, this is what Danny said. Tell me if you said this, Danny, another football team is up for sale. Which made everybody believe it was the NFL. Sure. Slightly, slightly misleading. There we go. Good on you, Danny. Make sure you know how to run the board. That's cool. Because that's one of your main things. Okay? But your teases are dynamite.
4: Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm, getting, I'm starting to get the hang of the board thing. Every <laughs> once in a while, we all make mistakes, you know?
1: Mace, how you doing on your end? Are you going to hit the mute button anytime in the next hour?
2: I actually I hit the mute button uh, dr- earlier in this segment because uh-huh. I I had to cough a little bit and I didn't right. want everyone hearing me sitting here trying to uh, you know basically trying to clear the phlegm out of my system. No, no. And no so no. I did Mace, put Mace, the mute button. Mace,
1: Mace. You lie to girls, you don't lie to me. The reason why you're coughing is is you are still dealing with the hangover from last night.
2: I I, I, I went to bed at three thirty.
1: You you got felt, absolutely was, blazed. And that's okay. I'm not faulting you for it. And now, now you you're suffering what, through the, it right I, now. I was telling you the what, not the lie. <laughs> you, listen, you're dealing with a hangover. Everybody deals with a hangover. I'd rather you have a hangover I, I was, on the I, show than be drunk.
2: I don't have a hangover. That's the funny thing. A hangover has a headache, right? No, I did not have All that right. today. Okay. I know. Now you I sound know congested. People, I know people who did. Right. Because there were others who were out at the same time as I was and somehow answered the bell as I did this morning. And I know people who did have that that day after pulsating headache. Blessedly, I was not among them. I thought I mean, just again, you can hear it in my voice, like you said, but uh, I wasn't all that much worse for the wear.
1: Real quick. I mean, yesterday <laughs> on the show, we got to hit a break. Yesterday on the show, I said the over under for you yesterday or two nights ago was two and a half on the Moscow Mules. So yes. you know, Danny took the under, and you said he hit it because it was two. Now I'm going to go over under on the Moscow Mules from last night at three. Danny, what are you taking?
4: It's only Moscow Mules.
1: For him, no, he'll probably drink other things. I'm going to go straight Moscow Mules. Yes.
4: Okay, I would say under.
1: Mace. Da-
2: Danny, you're correct. I only had one.
1: And what you? Ha- what else did you have?
2: Um. Well, it was a setup where like. At, the, at Prime 47, there were these auxiliary... Wait, we got to hit a break. Just make it yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah. How there many was drinks did you have? Ba- auxiliary bars, but they did not have ginger beer, and so I had to transition to Jack and Coke.
1: Okay, and how many of those did you have? Or did you lose uh, count at 12?
2: I, I had three Jack and Cokes. Sure you did. And a mule.
1: It's not a lie, if you believe it.
2: That oh, was Mountain High Appliance.
1: Just in case you missed, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances mm-hmm. before you buy them. You can find them in... Littleton. You can find them in Louisville. You can also find them in Denver, which is their outlet store. Coming up after the break, a show wouldn't be a show without an Aaron Rodgers update, but we're going to piggyback it with a Russell Wilson up, update. And if you're a Broncos fan, here's your hint. You're not going to like the update. That's next. I thought love is only
0: true and fair.